Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. How you decide to grow your education business, in my humble opinion, should be led by three things. Number one, how you want to work and how you want to continue to work. Number two, whether you want to be aligned with what you're already known for or if you want to establish yourself as an expert in something new. And number three, how you can best serve your target audience. This could mean your existing clients or people you haven't connected with yet. Notice that I haven't said that you need to be led by passive income options or scalable ideas because that direction may not be right for you. I know it seems like the holy grail at the moment and maybe eventually you do want to achieve those things, but in the meantime, you may create stepping stones towards them or you may not want something that's passive or scalable right now. But those three areas that I'm going to unpack today will unlock the answer to whether scalable or passive is the direction you want to go in as you look at ways to expand. I don't know about you, but I often have the mindset of getting ahead of the curve in my business and I'm always thinking of new ideas. Now, I know that that has contributed to the success so far in my business, but it also comes with challenges. It can create this momentum of always looking to the next thing we want to do without really taking a breath. And as exciting as that can feel, it can also be exhausting because that to-do list just keeps growing. But also, it can be difficult to stay ahead of the curve because in the last couple of years especially, consumer habits have changed and continue to change. We've had a lot of upheaval, not only with the pandemic, but the aftermath and the financial strains that people are experiencing and are likely to continue to experience for a while. And of course, as business owners, we're not immune to these struggles. And so staying ahead of the curve has become difficult because we have to find ways that fit with what we need as well as what our clients need. So when you're thinking about ways to grow your education business, I think that instead of starting with possible ideas, it's important to plan your approach first so that you know exactly how those ideas fit in with this kind of ultimate business that you want. And you can actually plan, have deadlines and goals, which makes progress happen. Now, during this episode, if you pause and make notes and revisit those notes with a fresh mind, at the end of this, you will be in a position to start shortlisting some ideas. And importantly, those ideas will be completely aligned with the direction you want to take your business in, and it will be balanced with what your customers will respond positively to. In the Tutors Mastermind, both last week and next week, we're creating our strategic business plans, which is very much like a GPS for our business. We identify where we are, we decide where we want to go, and we map the route. All the sessions in the Mastermind are recorded, so when you join, you can watch any that you've missed, and we use our private Facebook group to revisit concepts, and I create extra resources for members. So if you want to apply to be a member, click the link in the show notes to book a call with me, and if we decide that it's a good fit for you, I'll send you your invitation to join. 
But today, I want to help you actually be in a position where you can start deciding on ways to expand. And at the end of this episode, I have a free ebook for you to take this further when you're ready to start creating some ideas. So the first thing to consider is how you want to work and how you want to continue to work. We have two touch points here. How you want to work now and in the short term will dictate your short to medium term goals. How you want to continue to work will dictate your long term goals. So when we put this together, your short and medium term goals will be your stepping stones to your long term. Here's an example of how this could work. You might decide that right now you want to continue working with clients in a live capacity, but in the long term, you want to minimize this or make it more efficient, shall we say. You want to continue supporting lots of people, but not so much in a live capacity. So you may break this up into phases, into stepping stones. You might grow your business with an idea that still contains a large live element but blend it in with something that's more self-paced, like pre-recorded videos. And you might run this for quite a while and really refine it and perfect how you're delivering this as time goes on. And this sets you up for your long-term goal. You've got people used to working with you in a semi-live capacity. You have great testimonials to share and you have evidence that proves that your non-live elements work. So when you want to create that self-paced course, let's say, you've already gained trust and you've positioned yourself to smoothly transition into that new way of working. So rather than putting pressure on yourself to make this perfect dream business happen right now, you can identify what that looks like for you and for your clients. Remember, we're not thinking of actual ideas yet because that will limit you. We're thinking about what you want your working days and weeks to look like. Once you have that, you can map a route that transitions you from where you are now to where you want to be. Remember that it's a long game and how long that game is will vary person to person. Some people may take a year to get to their ultimate goal. Some people will take more time or less time because it depends on where you're starting from. And for many of us, that ultimate goal will evolve over time. So here's what to do now before you move to the next step. Start by listing how you work now. For instance, is it completely live? Do you have communities you've created? Do you do things on a one-to-one basis or on a group basis? Do you sell products? Maybe you have a franchise. So pause this episode and make that quick list. Once you've done that, highlight the things that you think aren't sustainable in the long term. So you might say that right now I'm all good delivering X amount of live sessions per week. But in five years time, I don't want to still be doing that because, and fill in that blank. I'll repeat the sentence. In five years time, I don't want to still be doing that because. Whatever you write in that blank will unlock the kind of ideas that are right for you. And it will help you shortlist ideas that will take you in the direction you want to go. And at that stage, my free ebook, which contains lots of ideas, will be really valuable to you. So now on to the next stage. The second thing to consider is whether you want to continue to develop your business in the niche you're already in, or whether you want to sidestep or even enter a new market. I positioned myself for many years solely as an English tutor. Although I was a freelance business trainer and I was already supporting some education businesses, I didn't publicize it because I intentionally just wanted to focus on tuition. It was my primary business. 
I got to the stage where I was getting clients through minimal marketing efforts and through word of mouth and other tutors were kindly recommending me. So when I decided to expand, I did it in two ways. I knew from that step one exercise that I talked about that I wanted to continue teaching young people because I love it. But I also wanted to support fellow education businesses because I love business development. I have years of experience in it and I've walked and continue to walk that journey. So I knew that I would get as much out of helping other business owners as they would. So although there was a kind of overlap, I was essentially creating a second business. So now when I think of new ideas, the two businesses have to work alongside each other. For example, if I had continued to teach loads of students on a one-to-one basis, I wouldn't have had the time to grow upgrade your education business with the Tutors Mastermind and this podcast. So on the tuition side, I grew by reducing how many hours I was teaching and forming some groups so that I didn't take a hit with my income. That released time to dedicate to developing the second business, and it allows me to teach young people and serve other business owners in a capacity that's aligned with how I want to work. But I'm still working more than I want to in the long term. So I have some courses and resources in the pipeline for my tuition business that will allow me to take on fewer students as time goes on. And I have courses and resources lined up for you so that I can support more education business owners, again, in a way that's sustainable for me and in a way that's useful for you. So that first exercise is crucial because when you move to this step, your decisions need to balance with your goals. If you want to work less in a live capacity, suddenly switching from live services to, say, evergreen courses will be tough because you've positioned yourself in a way where people love your live sessions and they don't believe that something that's self-paced could be as good. But if you transition through some stepping stones, you're kind of training people to work differently with you in a way that they feel safe. And of course, if you choose to work with a new target audience group because you want to enter a new segment of your market or even a new market altogether, A good approach is to immerse yourself in that niche so you can really understand the space that you're about to enter. So at this stage, I want you to list all the areas you could expand to. You're not making any decisions at this point. You're just getting your creative juices flowing. So for instance, say you're an English tutor like me, perhaps you want to expand into teaching at a different level. I only teach up to GCSEs. For any listeners not in the UK, that refers to students aged up to 16 years. But maybe I could expand in the direction of teaching older students or adults. Perhaps I could start developing resources like courses or books. And maybe I could start by supporting existing students, collecting testimonials and then offering it to new people. Or perhaps I want to sidestep. I could focus on well-being or revision skills and run workshops Here, I'm still serving the same target audience, but in a different way. But if I wanted to enter a different market, I could do, well, what I did do was set up a business that supports fellow education business owners. Or maybe I could have taken a different approach and helped other educators become English tutors. I could have specialized in automation and worked with small businesses to help them set up systems. The options are vast. And my advice would be to list all the things that you enjoy and are passionate about so that ultimately you'll enjoy whatever you choose. As you know, or you may not know, my motto is that if we enjoy what we do, we feel confident. If we feel confident, we do more of it. And if we do more of it, we see results. 
So my driving force is always to choose something that I'm excited about rather than something that simply makes good business sense. Now on to my third thing. And remember, after you've moved through these steps, you'll be able to get real value out of my ebook. When we think of new ideas, we often focus on attracting new clients, but there are loads of advantages to focusing on your existing clients or at least your existing audience base. So for instance, if you've built a captive audience through something like a Facebook group, If you want more on that, listen to episode 23, where I zoom into how you can use Facebook groups in your business. Now, the reason why I'm starting with focusing on your existing client base is because if you think about it, you've already done the groundwork, which is often the hardest part. You've developed relationships, you've gained trust, you've established credibility. So this means that if you do launch something new for them, you don't have to work at convincing them to invest. They already have proof that you're good at what you do. I took this approach when I first set up group classes. To give you an idea, I set up three classes with a capacity of 15 students in each. Just by contacting my existing parents, I filled a little over half of them. That then gave me some leverage to use language like only X spaces left when I promoted them, which of course creates a sense of urgency and desire. And I did this in my Facebook group and a couple of others where tutors are allowed to advertise. They became fully booked, and although they were only meant to run for six weeks in the summer of 2020, I'm now finishing my second year and securing students for the third year. Also, when I launched the Tutors Mastermind, I invited five existing clients or people who had attended past workshops. Again, without marketing, I was able to launch. So you can see that that strategy works really well when you're continuing to serve your existing customers or target audience. But if you're moving to a new niche and or planning to serve a new target audience group, you need to establish yourself with them first. Now, how you do that will depend on who they are and how you plan on working with them. When I launched Upgrade Your Education Business, I intentionally focused on LinkedIn as my first platform to start building those relationships because people are often on there with a professional development mindset, which matches my business focus. But when I launched my tutoring business, I chose Facebook, which still is the only platform I use to market that business. Because on Facebook, people are used to seeing promotional material. There are buy and sell groups. People ask for recommendations and so on. So the tone of the platform made sense. And I knew that many parents would already be on there. So choose a platform or a medium. When I say medium, you may even choose to start a podcast if that's the right way to establish yourself with your new target audience. And once you've chosen that platform or medium, focus on just showing people who you are, what you do, how you do it, and start conversations so you can build relationships. The aim is to gain momentum with the right kind of people. So for me on LinkedIn, my measure of gaining momentum came in the form of people booking discovery calls with me. That gave me the indication that I'd selected the right platform for this idea and that my content and my profile was working. So, so far to approach forming ideas that will work for both you and your clients, here's a quick run through of the stages I've talked about. Remember, this is what you do before you actually decide on specific ideas. The first stage is to decide on how you want to work and how you want to continue to work. Defining these steps help you form short, medium, and long-term goals that serve to move your business in the direction you want. Next up is to decide on how you want to grow. Do you want to stick to your niche and find opportunities to support what you already offer? 
Do you want to sidestep into a related niche? Or maybe you want to enter a new market altogether. Here, I talked about how I like to be driven by things that excite me and that I'm passionate about so that whichever direction I take things in, it's something that I will enjoy. And the last stage before deciding on an idea and going for it is to figure out whether you'll be serving existing clients or an existing audience base with whom you've already established a relationship or whether you want to establish yourself with a new audience group. And now, once you've made some of those decisions, you can start forming an idea with confidence. It's likely to be aligned with how you want to work now and in the future. It's likely to be something your audience will respond well to, and you'll know which relationships to make stronger or whether you need to develop some new ones. If you want a whole host of ideas for free, you can download my ebook by following the link in the show notes. In there, I've split possible ideas into four categories. I've included some real life examples to inspire you. And at the end, there's a list of passive income ideas if that's the direction you've decided on. Remember, with passive income ideas, they're never truly passive as such. They might be a one time effort that you can sell multiple times, but you still need to make people aware that they exist and lead them to investing in them. So I hope you found this episode useful. Please do share it with anyone who's thinking of growing a business because it's one of the top reasons why clients approach me and I wanted to give you a head start today. Don't forget to download the ebook using the link in the show notes below. Thank you for listening. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas you can tailor to your education business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes or visit www.upgradeyoureducationbusiness.com.